I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Wednesday, June 12, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. We're going to take a look around the horn today. Yesterday was 289 day. Today, we're going to take a wide look around a variety of different charts and a variety of different markets. And I think at the conclusion, we're going to all see together why this market is very, very difficult. How do we define difficult before we get going? Well, there's a variety of different ways we can define difficult. Difficult is they're playing games with this 289 price zone up here. The second thing is we had a 180-point S&P rally in about a week. There are divergences out here. The more divergences that exist, the more difficult the market is to read. We can't get, or at least I can't get all the time, a clear picture of exactly what's going to happen. What's the highest probability scenario going forward? And there are plenty of times where I'll say it falls into the 80-20 camp. 80% of the time it's going to happen like this, and 20% of the time something different is going on. So what we're going to do here is the best job we can to look at as many different charts and as many different markets as we can to come out with a clear picture. We'll put puzzle pieces on the table, we'll scramble them up, we'll start to put them together, we'll see what comes out the other side. Did anything happen in the S&P 500? They were down a few points, but at the end of the day, the S&P was down about six points. It's not a big deal. We're below 289. That's what's important for now. Whether we were down five or 10 or 15 points really doesn't make any difference. We're below or are we above 289? Right now, we're below 289. We're above the moving averages. Technically speaking, on the daily chart, it's still now back in an uptrend. Below 289, I'm suspect. So here, we're kind of trapped, sandwiched in between the 50-period moving average and this 289 suspicious number. couple of other things. We talked about the time aspect of the last rally. Why is that important? Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader know why that's important and are also watching this like a hawk. We're watching the high made yesterday. We're watching 289. Those are a couple of different from each other, but interesting price areas. On one hand, we're not surprised to see the market top out, turn around and go back down in the other direction. On the other hand, it's not really going back down in the other direction. It hasn't yet been rejected from 289. We're hanging around. So we have to take that into account. Can a trader be short against yesterday's high? Absolutely, as long as they understand where they're wrong and also that they understand that above yesterday's high, price is likely going higher and you have to decide whether you want to stick around to find out. The other quandary in that scenario is above 289, things begin to get more bullish. Therefore, how long do we want to stick around? These are the thought processes that are going through my mind. Again, put on 
the hard hat, we're just getting started. So here's the way we're looking, or here's the way I'm looking at the daily chart. We're above the moving averages. We've got 289. We can certainly make a case that the last couple of candles, yesterday's candle and the candle before, we can make a case that we like to look at those as reversal candles. However, they don't have all the elements required that we want to see to give us a high confidence level that they're reversal candles. What are those elements? They're in the course. So all in all, there's not much bearish on the daily chart. It is what it is. And one last thing, remember yesterday we said something's going to happen from 289. 289 is, at least in my book right now, it is the pivot. We keep centering around 289. But here's the thing, the longer we do that, the more dramatic the move away from 289 is likely to be in either direction. And at the end of the day today, there was really nobody playing in the sandbox The Spiders only traded less than 50 million shares against an average daily volume of 70 million shares, so there was no institutional conviction either way. When we take it down a notch, when we look at the 240-minute chart, do we really see anything different than we see on the daily chart? Not so much. We have that big fat reversal candle, but other than that, price is still hanging around. So we have yet to be rejected from 289. And when we say rejected, I realize we closed below 289, but the discussion is beyond 60 or 70 cents. Other than that, above all the moving averages, there's really nothing bearish on this chart today. Getting a slightly different look, looking at the 120-minute chart, everything is still above moving averages, Obviously, we filled a gap, but we're hanging around. So we're hanging around A, below 289. We're hanging around at the point of the gap. So we had the gap on the other charts. I'm just looking at it. I'm looking at the 120-minute chart. You're just on the receiving end of whichever data dump I decide to dump on which chart ever comes up on the screen. It's less really a decision. It's uncontrollable. One of the other things that does jump out at me on the 120-minute chart really is that this is a bear flag in training. This is certainly the type of bear flag pattern that can symmetrically finish up in the downward direction. And guess what? From a market symmetry standpoint, that would put the spiders down in the area of where? Somewhere in the neighborhood of this 200 period moving average, somewhere down at least halfway or closer to the bottom of this breakup candle. And you can make a case that this really extends all the way like that because you have a gap higher. So actually eyeballing it here, I actually would say a little bit lower from a symmetrical standpoint. And this is without measuring it out. It's just from an eyeballs perspective. However, how do you determine market symmetry? It's also in the course. And you see how it, depending on which chart comes up, I tend to focus on different things. I didn't see the same thing jump out at me on the 240 minute or the daily chart. Nothing like what showed up from my perspective on the 120 minute. So now, what does the hourly or 60 minute chart look like? It looks a lot like a smaller version of the 120 minute chart. And when you have a smaller version, at least the way I look at it, 
it becomes magnified. So here is that same bear flag pattern that seems to be unable to get above 289. There's your 289. There's your symmetry down to that general area. What is it? The low of a breakup candle. It also happens to be the last line of defense before this gap would be filled down here at around that 200 period moving average. So that's a mouthful. How do we crunch that down into something that makes sense? Well, here's the way I do it just from the first blush perspective. And this is without any math or any fancy footwork whatsoever. I look at this chart, I look at the 120 minute chart, and I say from an hourly chart to 120 minute chart perspective, that means to me, or this says to me, that the market is bearish. It says to me that this is until and unless we're able to get above 289 on a sustainable basis, this is price going lower. If we wake up to a gap above 289, so be it. If they can't get through it during the day, they can gap above it in the morning and see if we can sustain it one day. They haven't been able to do it yet. Until and unless something like that happens or they beat it to death and get through it during the day, this is a chart that says price is headed lower. Where's it headed? It's headed to about based on what this chart tells us. Now, it doesn't necessarily happen in one bite. But what this chart tells us is it's headed down to 286. And if 286 doesn't hold, it's headed down to the gap, which comes in at about 285, give or take a penny. That's what I see here. Now think about it for a minute. You can't really see that on the daily chart. You may think the market's going down. I may think the market's going down. But that doesn't mean we can see it on the chart. We see something totally different on the hourly chart and others than we see on the daily chart. That's why you have to look at everything you can look at to get the clearest picture that you can get. And also here, we're above all but one of the moving averages, but yet the moving average, interestingly enough, that we're below, which is the 20 period moving average, where does it come in at? It comes in right at 289. Accident, coincidence... I'm sure it is. Let's go on and see what else we have on a time frame that we don't even look at all that much. A 30-minute chart. Why am I looking at a 30-minute chart? No reason in particular. I'm just looking at as many charts as I can. You never know what you're going to find. And I find what I suspected I would find as I go down and down in time. We're seeing the market actually get more bearish and more bearish. So that tells us that so far, the short term is bearish. Even going to a 15-minute chart, same routine. Now we're below or on top of the 20, below the 150, same thing. It looks like a slow bleed. We're creeping sideways to lower. Doesn't have to be all-out bearish, period. It's bearish in the short term. Doesn't have to be bearish in the long term. Sometimes, that's the way the market just winds up to make another continuation move higher. Whether it will or it won't is one thing, but when we see that kind of activity, it's useful to recognize that many times, it's just the market going through a reset for another continuation push higher, that happens in uptrends. Remember, 
the trend all of a sudden on the daily chart is not down anymore. We're above all the moving averages. We have to take it at face value. It is what it is. Short term is bearish. Longer term daily chart isn't so bearish. Doesn't matter what you want, what you expect, or what you need to have happen. It is what it is. What do we have over in Camp IWM? Well, nothing really happened today different from yesterday other than the fact that the IWM was up a third of a percent. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. We're still in between those moving averages and nothing really has changed. However, we did have relative strength today in the IWM and we also had relative strength in the transports, which we'll get to in a moment. These type of things have to be puzzle pieces. They're of note. They're on the table. So think about it for a second. The SPY can't seem to get away from 289, continues to come back to 289. So it's not been rejected anywhere yet, other than from the fat round number of 290, but that was only for a brief period of time but we've been hanging around 289 now you go over to the IWM and you say okay so we have relative strength today and the spider's not getting rejected and we have relative strength in my favorite market leading indicator that has to be something important I have to pay attention to that I'm watching that like a hawk then I come over and I see the VIX and I say remember this bearish pattern in the VIX that we talked about yesterday here's another bear flag pattern interesting so we have a bear flag pattern in the VIX that's on the daily chart we're not bearish on the spiders on the daily chart so that does coincide short term a little bit bearish in the market but the VIX on the daily chart is telling us nobody's buying protection by the truckload here we go down at the transportation department My second favorite market leading indicator, up half a percent today. Relative strength against the SPY. Here we go. We see divergences all over the place. Short-term charts, long-term charts, leading indicators. I mean, maybe we should have some hot sauce with these scrambled eggs. For now, as long as the transports stay above this 20-period moving average that seems to be holding price, then they're okay. Think about it this way. If in fact they're building energy to trade up into the next set of moving averages up near 10,400, 10,500, just call it a couple of hundred points away for argument's sake. That could easily translate to 40, 50 handles in the S&P 500. And even at that, that wouldn't change the fact that we have a series of lower highs on the daily chart in the transports. Might as well have a side of bacon with those scrambled eggs too. How about the tech space? Well, the tech space had the worst day out of all the markets. So here we have a 180 degree turn in the other direction, down half a percent relative weakness against the S&P 500. And the plot thickens. And here, certainly for visual purposes, We've made an attempt at breaking out of this double top area. We failed thus far. We'll see what happens going forward. But this is also another lower high scenario. This all in all is bearish until and unless we can get a breakout above this high. This high is really a key to the market. I think that area, 
that high holds the keys to higher prices across all markets. Not to say that one has to be the reason for the other, but I'm saying if you find the cues, or if we find the cues above yesterday's high on an hourly and certainly a daily closing basis, you're going to find the other markets rallying also. You're going to find what we talked about in the transports. You're going to find those 50 handles coming in the S&P 500. And there's going to be another rip your face off rally. But right now, we don't have that. We're trading down away from the 50 period moving average in the southern direction. Might as well throw this one into the mix. Taking a stop down at the financial district, we had a pretty poor day in the financials. So the financials and the tech space Bad days. IWM, transports, decent days. S&P 500, closer to a flat day. The Dow was pretty much flat. Again, one of those rounding error days. And here we have the XLF coming right down for a beeline into the 50-day moving average. Stop short, finishes down 1% for the day, being the glue that holds together the scrambled egg story. If we start trading down below the 50-day moving average and start coming lower into the 20-day moving average, are we going to end up with another lower high? Is this going to be a fake out? We have a high here and we have a potential lower high, but we're above the moving averages. And remember, we're looking for a very, very important weekly close any week, specifically this week of around 27.50. If we close above 27.50, that's going to be very, very meaningful for the bull case. We're 50 cents away, two days to go, no sweat. That's no sweat if the bulls want to get it done. How about the SMH, which is a pretty good proxy for the tech sector as a whole? Guess what? Hammered down 2%. So again, tech week. We know the story. I'm not going to reiterate everything, but this is telling us weakness, short-term weakness, two favorite market-leading indicators pointed the other direction. You got to love it. Let's keep on keeping on. Let's look further. Let's take a peek at some of the exchange-traded funds that are sector-specific. So let's peel back the onion and let's look a little bit deeper inside the S&P 500. We already did the XLF, so we know about that, and that's a large segment of the overall S&P 500. But another large segment is the XLE, and what do we see here is lower highs once again. So this is not in concert with the S&P 500. What this is telling us is, at least from an energy space perspective, there's trouble. It's definitely a puzzle piece. It's of note. It's on the table. How about the XLK? This is tech-related. It looks better than the Qs. The Qs are top-heavy weighted, more so than this particular Spider Select Fund. But we don't find any new information here. It looks similar to the Qs. We have enough information. We'll move it along. The XRT, retail, doesn't look a whole lot much better than energy. But what kind of retail? Shouldn't we understand whether we're talking about eBay and Amazon? Or are we talking about other types of retail companies? What we actually are talking about is a pretty well-diversified fund that primarily, at least the way I see it, has the majority lion's share of companies 
are retail brick-and-mortar companies across a wide spectrum of businesses. But the theme is capital-intensive. The energy business is capital-intensive. The energy business is also very, very sensitive to the global economy. How about consumer discretionary? What does that even mean, anyway? Doesn't the consumer always have discretion on whether or not he or she spends any money? And I say that tongue-in-cheek. But what is in here is Amazon, Home Depot, McDonald's, Nike, Starbucks. A wide variety of businesses, but very, very large. We'll call them big brand businesses. It's not a bearish chart. How about healthcare? Healthcare is a big chunk of our economy. Wild swings because of all the politics involved in everything, but healthcare, bullish. Above all its moving averages, it is what it is. So hopefully you can see that we can certainly make a case either way. We can make a bull case, we can make a bear case. Short term, it looks like the market is pointed down. We know about 289. We've got our puzzle pieces on the table. We're assembling the picture. And right now, what we can see in the middle of the picture is 289. And with that, I'm going to give it a wrap. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, and please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.